Hello, everybody, and welcome to Off the Cuff with Alex and Will. I'm Alex. I'm Will. One day we're going to get that on time. I didn't know we were doing that. I mean, I didn't know. You have to tell me ahead of time that I have to throw my own stuff up. I was just waiting for you to introduce me. Sometimes you really, you really got to uh, spell things out for us. We're we're not the sharpest tools. Well, especially for me, I think you're a little sharper than I am. Um, I, you know, I have no problem admitting that. So, uh, so you definitely got to spell it out for me. I'm definitely not the sharpest tool in the tool shed. So. <laughs> But we're glad to be back for week two of Off the Cuff. And you might be watching us on Facebook, might be watching us on YouTube, or you could be watching us on X, Twitter, Twitter, X, whatever, whatever it's, we're calling it. I'm officially X now. Everything on my it's phone X is on X. My phone. It's X on my computer. It's X, man. Yeah, birds aren't real. No more birds. There's no so, more tweeting. <laughs> but we've got a, a full show for you today because, you know, college football is continuing to unravel or change or grow for the better, whatever it is, uh, it's continuing to do it this week. Uh, a ton of conference realignment news uh, all over the place this week. Rumors, speculation, some truth, some untruth. Uh, depends on, I guess, what athletic directors and presidents and commissioners want reporters to know. So I think we'll have a, a little bit more clarity in the next two weeks, but we're going to talk about some scenarios and uh, what could be going down in college football over the next couple of weeks, uh, we've also got, you know, fall camp has started uh, at a lot of places already and is starting at Clemson tomorrow. Uh, so a ton of stuff to talk about that. I mean, football season is I mean, it feels like when fall camp starts, that's when it's really there. It feels like it started with talking season. Uh, but once fall camp uh, hits the ground with people are hitting each other, that's when football has really begun. Yeah. And, you know, it it kind of for Clemson, it's officially begun. The players reported today for fall camp and then did their annual weigh-in as well we're gonna kind of go through those a little bit kind of give some people some updates on what tiger looks this way or looks that way we know how you guys love that stuff man and hey that's okay that's what we're here for you know you guys like to see how these guys have progressed over the summer we're going to give you that information that came out earlier today as well uh you know we got uh, the all pre-season acc team was announced you see we got that scrolling across the bottom of the screen uh, the ACC also earlier this week released their 2003, uh, 2023 uh, preseason Will's poll. living in the past. Yeah, I am. I am. I remember 2003. ACC and Pac-12 were thriving in 2003. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> but we got the, uh, we got the, uh, the preseason poll as well. We'll talk about that. And maybe, Alex, where I had teams ranked, you know, we can talk about where I ranked them. And um, uh, so, uh, yeah, so we got a lot of good stuff to go along today. And so uh, we're glad to have you guys here. If you're watching us on YouTube, YouTube, please, um, you know, subscribe to our channel. We greatly appreciate that. Click the thumbs up um, because the more of you guys do that, the better it helps our algorithm, obviously, and the uh, the more people get to watch it and see what we're doing. Uh, I think if you're on Facebook and um, and on YouTube, we should be able to see your comments. Um, so comment if you got questions for us um, about anything, college football, anything about the NFL. Hey, look, NFL training camps are in full bloom. Actually, tonight, Alex, a football game even is going on. So, got a lot of it stuff really going on. It really is football season. It, it is really officially is football, season, football season. It really is. So, um, so we'll be happy to uh, talk to all you guys. Just uh, give us a holler. Well, let's just uh, go ahead and, and jump right in here. I guess we can we can let's start with fall camp because fall camp starts tomorrow, and mm -hmm. uh, we'll get to to conference realignment here a, a little bit later. Give you guys a, a reason to stick around for a few extra minutes. Uh, to hear our opinions on that. 
Uh, but I guess for for starters, Will, was there anything that stood out to you today from from Clemson's weigh-in? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, Clemson had its uh, weigh-in in advance of camp, which begins tomorrow. Just, uh, you know, so just some names. I guess it's alphabetically, you know, so you can kind of go down through it. Um, Clemson running back Keith Adams, 217 pounds. He checked in. Uh, you know, uh, let's see, uh, Barrett Carter, Alex, 231 pounds. Kind of where you want him to be, I think. Um, Bo Collins, wide receiver at 212 pounds. Uh, Tyler Davis checking in at 302 pounds. Um, let's see, uh, as we go scroll on down the list here. Um, the one I was probably most interested to see was was probably Cade Klubnick, and that's probably what a lot of Clemson fans were. 205 for. pounds for Cade Klubnick. And by the way, before we get into that, we'll talk about that just a second here. But also, this is big. Um, uh, Shaheem Lawson, the kid from Daniel who registered last year, he was 210 pounds when he came to Clemson last year. Alex, he's already up to 240 pounds. He checked into that two. Uh, that's, that's what that discipline in the weight room will do for you absolutely. over the course of a year. That is Joey Batson's weight training right there at its finest. So uh, – so, yeah, so there's some, some numbers. We'll get to some more here in a second. But, yeah, you want to talk about Kate Klubnick checking at 205 pounds. I still think he probably needs another 7 to 10 pounds. But, hey, it's better than the 190 he was last year. Yeah, I mean, that, you could see it at, at points last year when he when he wasn't as ready to to get in, you know, like the Syracuse game. Uh, just you could see that he needed to put a little bit of extra weight on. We heard Dabo talking about it at the ACC football kickoff. I'm sure he talked about it with you guys at the media day as well, that he put on some good weight. I think Dabo said that he put it on his backside. <laughs> I think it's the way that he phrased it. Uh, but, you know, that's always good to, to have a little bit of extra weight back there to to be able to hold your own, you know, maybe uh, weather some hits a little better. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully that gives it. That's definitely going to help it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to help you if you get sacked, you know. Uh, but hopefully it just all of this – you know, putting on the extra weight, honestly, it can do just as much for you mentally as it does physically, uh, knowing that you're stronger and being able to quantify it. You know, thankfully, me and Will didn't have to weigh in today uh, for the start of off the cuff because I don't know if we would want to look back at a year ago. I think I would. Let's see. Who would I have weighed in by? I don't have no problem saying it. Um, <laughs> I would have weighed in. I'm I'm definitely going to weigh in more than Cape Klubnik. I'll tell you that much. Um <laughs> Uh, let's see. There's a couple guys. There are a few that are in the ballpark of me. Maybe Jamal Anderson at 214. Yeah. Hey, I'm right. You know how much I weigh? Sitting right there. I I weigh exactly as much as Wade Wood has right now. (laughs) (laughs) Better than mine. I I can tell you that. That's his is going to serve him a lot better on the football field than mine would right now. Yeah. So Wade Wood, in case you guys are wondering, is 232 pounds is what Alex is saying. So I'm at 214, 215 range. Um, you know, I'm sitting right there. I'm hey, darn man, I'm 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 bigger than Tyler Venables. He checked in at 205, but of course he hasn't been able to train because um of his injury um uh, to his hip. So that's uh, that explains why he's down. Uh, Dabo talked about how much weight he lost. Um, so that was gonna be part of it when you don't work out. Peter Woods, by the way, Alex, checking in at 316 pounds today. That's a good Christian good Wilkins size, as I like to say. Yeah, uh, you know, for a guy that tall, and, and you know, that's a good size right there for a defensive lineman at 316 pounds. So he definitely is going to be effective 
um, um, inside that defensive line area. Um, looking for Rook Aurora. Let's see what Rook checked in at today. Because we said Tyler Davis is at 302. Rook's at good. 291. 291. Wow. You're talking about being slimmed up in the middle. Those two guys. Hey, by the way, Peyton Page, 308 pounds. Yeah. This guy last couple years ago, um, Peyton Page, two years ago, Alex, when he checked in, um, let's just say he was um, he was close closer to 400 than he was 300. Whew. Yeah, so good to see him at 300 pounds. Xavier Thomas, let's see how – Xavier Thomas wanted to be somewhere around 250. Um, let's see where we're at with Mr. Thomas here. Here we go down here. Thankfully, they allow you to sort this by position. 243 pounds for Xavier Thomas. Wow. That's good. That's 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 about where you wanted him to be. He he liked to be somewhere between two forty five and two fifty. But Xavier Thomas, it, that tells me he's going to be playing around that two fifty mark when the season starts. Because you know, when you get into the season, you're not working out every day like that. So you know, you start you, you're playing what we call playing weight. Um, right. Uh, Troy St- Stilato checked in at one hundred eighty seven pounds. That's not good. Yeah, that's that's kind of really what stands out to you when you look at these uh, the weigh-ins is usually the bad numbers stand out a lot more than the good ones, right? Because uh, you expect guys at certain positions to weigh uh, within a certain range. So the, really, the only ones that you notice are guys that that come in chunky or come in skinny, right? Antonio Williams, by the way, one hundred ninety-five pounds. I think that's about where I, you'd like to see maybe another five pounds on. Be right at two hundred. Um, you know, um, Phil Moffa, I haven't found him yet. Let's see who Mr. Moffa checked in at. 227. There you go. Okay. That's, uh, that's you know, that's about what they want him to be. Um, not too big. He's still, he's at that, you know, he's, he's a power runner. They want him down the goal line. Um, Adam, Randall at two, Adam Randall at 224. Will Shipley at 210 pounds. Here we go. Adam Randall, 224. I'm telling you, man, is that Mike Williams' desk or what? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely looking that way. And obviously, you've got a lot closer look, and you're going to get a, a better look tomorrow when you get to go out to the – are you going to be able to go to the beginning of practice? I, I'll be there, man. I'm going to be there for the whole thing. Starts with Dabo Sweeney. Then we get to go to practice, and then we get players afterwards. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty excited about all that. Uh Looking for one more guy I'm interested in seeing that really kind of – and then we'll move on here. Um, one other guy would be Jake Brittingstool. 232 pounds for Mr. Brittingstool. Um, that's good to see right there because, you know, he's not going to be your typical let's line him up and block kind of tight end like you saw with Davis Allen last year. I think right. you, Mr. Brittingstool, I think in this offense, he's going to be spread out. He's going to be sitting there in that slot, or maybe outside playing the boundary or the or the field side from time to time. How they're going to use him? They're going to try to use him the way uh, Richardson was telling us. They're going to try to use him in a lot of different ways this year. Um, also, Jeremiah Trotter checked in at two hundred and thirty pounds. So these Clemson linebackers look like they're <laughs> they're going to be in good shape. It looks like Alex, as expected. You know that's that's a group that you you didn't want to look at the weigh in sheet and worry about because. Uh... They have pretty high expectations around that that unit this year for the Tigers, and I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun for people to watch on the field this fall if, that, if those guys can stay healthy because depth is still uh, a bit of a question, especially with the T.J. Dudley situation and you know hopping over to, to Ole Miss eventually, it seems. But, yeah, 
uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they fill that depth and how some of those young guys step up. Yeah, linebacking depth is going to be a concern. Um, you know, so you know you're going to have McLeod that's going to have to I think be ready to go. They thought he made some good steps, but they weren't counting on him being in the middle. They were counting on him being more of like on the weak side. Um, but he's going to have to probably play both. I think you're going to see Wood as used as both a Sam and also as um, a weak side backer. Um, you know, so they're going to have to do some mixing and matching guys that I think you may see Barrett Carter also helping out with depth playing the different positions. So what I'm telling you is if the linebackers stay healthy, they're going to be on the field a long time, um, which is not good because the longer you're on the field, the more chance you can to get hit, to get hurt. Um, but you know, so basically if you're Clemson, you want them to get three and out and punt the ball and, and, <laughs> and that'd be the kind of thing you want. Cause then that'll, that'll help you because so, you know, get a three and out every time they're on the field, maybe, you know, 12 shutouts a season. That's, that'll work. You know, if they do that, they'll be fine. Yeah. If um, they do that, then, then no problem, right? No problem. Uh, <laughs> this should be depth should be not an issue at all. If they can shut out all 12 opponents. Yeah, absolutely. Well, obviously linebacker depth is going to be a thing that you're going to be looking at, uh, at, at fall camp the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks to see how that develops. What are some other things that, you know, maybe on day one, what are you looking at day one uh, yeah, when you step out on the field for individual workouts? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm first thing I'm doing, I'm going on over to Adam Randall. We just saw he checked in at 224 pounds. I want to see where he's at mentally with that knee. Um, because last year you could tell it bothered him during the season. And I don't know like how much of that was, bothered from the fact that he just was hurt and it was kind of bothering him or he was he worried about it being hurt so i want to see where he's at mentally um and i i really would love to watch that first practice when they actually put on the pads full pads tomorrow they'll be they'll be basically in shells tomorrow um and so uh that's kind of what i'm i'm i want to do that and then i'm gonna go watch the defensive ends um i want to see what xt looks like in person uh, we've seen him on Twitter, man, where he's just like killing people, you know, and looking yeah. good. Looks like the old XT out there. Um, so I want to see what he looks like in person, myself, and then, uh, you know, I want to see those uh, those young guys like a K. Deedhoff. Is he ready? You know, what does he look like? Zaire Patterson. Is he ready? Uh, T.J. Parker, man, uh, what's he going to look like? Because you know we've heard all these great things about him. I want to watch him work now after a whole summer. Um, you know, being at the uh, working with the summer workouts and things of that nature. So, um, and then of course Peter Woods. Who, we all want to see Peter Woods. I mean, that's he's he's the big guy coming in. He's the he's the the big news story, if you will. Um, I'm gonna uh, you know, in the cornerback situation, um, I'm looking you know at Terrell, uh, the freshman the younger brother of AJ Terrell. Um, he's gonna you know he seems like he's got a lot of confidence. You know, my guy that loves Clemson. Yeah, this kid, I talked to him a few weeks ago at the freshman event um, that all Clemson, uh, that's all Clemson, that uh, what's it called? Um, old, uh, dear old Clemson. Dear old Clemson, the, the NIL was holding. I uh, apologize for that. But they were holding the uh, the event. And so I got to talk to him, and he's like, dude, he loves Clemson. He said, man, he fell in love with it when his brother was here. Um, and he's like, I always wanted to play at Clemson. I didn't want to go play anywhere else. I just wanted to be a Clemson Tiger. And so he's excited. He can't wait to get in and start competing. So, yeah, uh, I think the freshmen are the biggest draw on the first day, right? You want to see what the freshmen look like. So um, that's going to be interesting to see how they look and what they're doing. Yeah, that was always the thing that I was most interested in when I stepped on the field for fall camp was 
was first of all seeing the attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to step out on the in the indoor facility on the new turf, uh, and you're going to hear right. the the boys are back in town playing and you just kind of want to see those intangible things, the attitude, the way that's how we uh, should have started the show. The boys are back in town. Oh, man. that should have been well, our music. Uh, let's well, restart you know, it. Let's high, go. Hindsight's 2020. <laughs> hindsight's 2020. Uh, no, but yeah, that's, that's <clears> the other thing is that you're always looking at those intangibles. You know, how are, how are those young players relating to the coaches? You know, mm-hmm. there's always some of those young guys who are out there and, you know, they're running over to the side dying. You know, they're, they're looking for a trash can uh, uh, to maybe get rid of some excess. Uh, but that's always something to look for. And then what other guys that are those younger dudes are just, you know, fitting right into the system and mm-hmm. look like they've been there for years. Uh, I think, Will, you you had kind of a famous uh, or infamous impression of, of one Clemson player uh, the first time that you saw him at fall camp, but I, I will let you tell yeah. that story. I'm not going to, or we just won't talk about it at all <laughs> um, because I was totally wrong on that. And we're just going <laughs> to just gonna let that die. If you will, um, we're not getting that off the cuff today. <laughs> no, we are not. So, uh, you know, it, it's not going to let that uh, at all. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. off. We're not going to get too far off the cuff with that. We'll let it be. I think the people, <laughs> probably out there that are watching us that know they know so you know if you if you know you know exactly that's that's what we'll stick with on that one uh <laughs> again we want to remind you guys that if you're interested in being a sponsor of the show you can email us off the cuff sn at gmail.com that's what all of our socials are as well off the cuff sn we're on youtube twitter facebook instagram uh x we're on, we're on all of them, so uh, give us a follow. Also, if you're following along with us on YouTube or Facebook, you can get in with a comment. If you're following along on Twitter, you can send a, a DM to Will or I, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll be able to get your questions that way as well. Uh, but let's get into what the people really want to talk about this week, uh, and that is all of the insanity that continues uh, with conference realignment. Uh, obviously, some some big news kind of circulating this week, and some rumors. Uh, but it, it's even kind of hard to call them rumors now when you've got the Florida State Board of Trustees uh, meeting yesterday and saying that it's not if it's when, uh, and talking about how leaving the the ACC is a foregone conclusion for them. And then you know tonight, some big meetings happening. The uh, University of Washington, their their Board of Regents is meeting tonight. Uh, the Arizona Board of Regents that oversees uh, the University of Arizona and Arizona State is meeting tonight about potential moves uh, and exploring exploring what their options are uh, in terms of getting out of the Pac-12. Uh, so just a lot of craziness. And the Pac-12 media deal is uh, kind of stoking the fire in a lot of ways. Uh, they announced that they're going to pursue a venture with Apple, uh, which seems to be a forward-thinking idea, but the Problem is they don't have concrete numbers to give the schools uh, about how much money they're going to make. So for an athletic department that's planning for a, an entire calendar year and trying to plan things years in advance, that's not really going to sit well. No, it's not. No, it's not. It, it, I mean, a lot. everything right now, Alex, is very fluid, as you know. I mean, we, you know, we've been hearing about Florida State and Clemson. Let's be honest. It's going on two years now. I mean, these two programs have not been happy for a long time. Um, Florida State has been very outspoken about it through (laughs) everything. And that's the case yesterday when they came out and 
they had board of directors talking, you know, they got other people talking and it's like, you know, I'm surprised about it because I don't understand what the play is to do that at that point, to be honest with you. Cause I think everybody knew what they were going to talk about. And then you got um, this news breaking about the big 12 and possibly, as you mentioned, Utah and Arizona and Arizona state going over there. And we got the news maybe possibly that uh, I think Nicole Arabic reported today that the big 10 is looking into adding Washington and Oregon. Oh, hello. Like we didn't know that already out there, (laughs) Um, but I'm glad you're looking into it. Big 10. But you know, um, so yeah, just a, a lot of stuff is going on. And, and, you know, so what is the Pac-12 going to look like? Because right now they're the Pac-7. And tonight, after tonight, they could be the Pac-6, depending on – or the Pac-4, you know. I mean, yeah. they, they may – I mean, conceivably by time we wake up tomorrow morning. Now, I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think anybody's going to make any announcements today. But conceivably <laughs> – but we could get to an, a, po- a point where that's reality and in, not just and tomorrow morning. It could be reality. We wake up in the morning that there is no more Pac-12, that it will be gone after next season. You know, after this football season, after this academic year, it'll be gone because all their schools, except for four, will be gone. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's nuts to think about that. And then uh, the ACC, it's sitting over there like, you know, the ACC is like, you know, that horror movie where – the one person just got chopped up and the other one's just waiting to see what's going to happen to him. That's where <laughs> you're like, ACC, that's where the, the ACC a- is right now. The ACC is the, the girl that's hiding behind like a bicycle, in the yes. corner, you know, <laughs> not enough to be out of sight, but that's the only thing that you can see to brace yourself. And the, and the bicycle seems to be like, it might be the grand ride. Right. The, so other, I don't the, know. the other person's just getting slaughtered. You know, it's just like, it's already over. That's the pack 12. It's over. It's getting slaughtered. And the ACC's over there like, I hope they don't see me. Oh, my God. And, you know, crying and scared because that right now, ACC is is they have to be concerned about not what just what Florida State's done, but, like, if Clemson, Florida State leave, then it's going to be – the dominoes are going to fall in the ACC like we've just seen in the Pac-12. I mean, it's going to be a disaster. And it was kind of interesting today. I saw an interesting quote. Uh, from North Carolina AD Bubba Cunningham. He was on a a radio show uh, and said, I don't think it's good for our league for Florida State, parentheses, uh, to be out there barking like that. I'd rather see them be a good member of the league, support the league, and if they have to make a decision, then so be it. Pay the exit fee, wait for the grant of rights, uh, for your grant of rights that you've given, and then in 2036 when those rights return to you, do whatever you want. And that seems like kind of an interesting comment, especially coming from. He said, "Wait till twenty thirty six. Yeah, that's what is he said. He said, "Leave, pay your exit fee, and wait for your rights in twenty But Bunny, but, but, but Mr. Cunningham understands that the reason Florida State hadn't left yet is because Florida State like scared, or they were scared of the. I hear this like, well, you know, the grant of rights is the only thing holding the ACC together. No, I'm telling you right now, folks, that's not the only thing that's holding it together. You know what's yeah. holding it together right now? The fact that Clemson and Florida State haven't been invited anywhere yet. Yeah. That's it's that's the, what's the holding invitation. it together. The yeah, invitation. They're, they're waiting the on the invitation. In the they have to get the invitation first. So everybody's like, well, why hadn't Florida State left yet? Well, because they can't. 
You can't just go join another conference without being invited. Right. You can't, <laughs> you just, can't just crash the party. Of course, they can't just say, knock on the door. Hello, ACC, uh, SEC. Um, we're coming in. No, it don't work that way. They have to be <laughs> invited by either the Big Ten or the SEC. So the reason Florida State hasn't left, and, and Bubba Cunningham knows this, he knows how it works. You know why he knows how it works? Because he's also been looking for the last two years. You know, don't act like you haven't done anything either, North let's Carolina. Not act like, let's, let's not act like uh, North Carolina's lawyers hadn't made the, the short trip down to the conference office to look at the grant rights either. Exactly. I mean, let's not act like they weren't in the group of schools that was – uh, turning things upside down at the spring meetings. Uh, yeah. So it's North a little Carolina sanctimonious. Part of the Magnificent Seven, okay? It's uh, a little sanctimonious for him to to go out there and say that today. And it, you, the thing about this is all the a lot of these schools are thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's everybody knows that. It's been reported. It's out there. And if you don't believe it, then you're burying your head in the sand. All these schools are thinking the same thing. What's been interesting for me this week is to see the different strategies that the schools mm-hmm. are taking. Not hearing any news out of Clemson. Nope. North Carolina's defending the conference to the media today. And Florida State's holding a holding a board meeting <laughs> and in public minutes saying the ACC sucks and we want out. You know, I mean that's the the difference in strategies uh is really interesting. And to think that there's not reasoning behind all of those strategies, uh, I think would be a little naive. Well, I think Clemson has always been when Clemson does stuff, you know, Clemson does things that are to take care of Clemson. So, and so for, for people out there to understand, Clemson isn't quiet because it's not doing anything. Clemson's very active behind the scenes. I can tell you that right now. Clemson's, they're basically just waiting for an invitation. I must be honest with you. That's basically what's happening for Clemson, okay? It's not grant of rights or what are they going to do with the grant of rights? No. Grant of People telling you the grant of rights are holding people back is not what holding people back, as we said earlier, okay? Clemson's done their due diligence. They've been waiting, but they're just not coming out and saying things. They're staying quiet. Why is that? Why They're probably out there, Alex, why is that, right? Why, yeah. why does Clemson not say anything? Because Clemson feels like it's better to know where you're going and what you're going to do is the way Clemson's always done things before they go and put it out there. Yep. And it's just they they also rather tell their people, such as their board members, their president, their athletic director, the the main bo- bo- uh, boosters and, and donors, they want to tell them first because those yeah. are the people that invest the most into Clemson. And that's always been important to Clemson. Understand what Clemson's roots are and you understand why Clemson does things the way they do. It's a military school by root. And if you know anything about the military, there's a there's a the way you do things. And one way yep. you don't do things is the way Florida State does things. And that's just come out and start just blaring everything out. And I'm really surprised Florida State did that. And I'm surprised North Carolina is taking up with the ACC. Like, come on, really, North Carolina? Nobody in the conference is happy. I'm sorry. Nobody's happy about the and ACC it's, right now. And it's one thing if you're, you know, a school that doesn't have another option. Uh, not to throw anybody under the bus, uh, but if if you're one of the Wake schools, Forest, the Aces, Wake Forest. If you're Wake Forest, uh, yeah, you're going to be defending the conference because it's your lifeline. Correct. But North Carolina can succeed without being in the ACC, and they yeah, they- know that, and Bubba Cunningham knows that. Exactly. So for him to go out and defend the conference 
it just seems, I don't know. It seems it's not naive because it's intentional, uh, but it seems like tongue in cheek mm-hmm. uh, the way that he's, he defended the ACC today. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. It was, um, it, it, it's just, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe somebody asked him to do it. I don't know. I understand the conference coming out and, and saying, you know, last week, Commissioner Phillips saying, we're all united. (laughs) (laughs) How's that looking a week later, Mr. Phillips? Or Dr. Phillips, I should say. At Florida State, just proved you're not all united. You're not together as one. Um, Yeah, and I I talked about this on on another show uh, earlier this week uh, with Dan Toratora in Syracuse, talking about Jim Phillips, and and we touched on it a little bit last week. Uh, But – the last two years getting up at the ACC football kickoff and singing Kumbaya to the media, uh, it just seems hokey because it's not reality. Sorry for and I don't think that does. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that Jim Phillips is that detached from reality to get up and act like everybody's working together and this revenue sharing plan is going to do so much for us and helping everybody out. To act like that's reality just seems I don't know. It seems tacky to me. No, I'm with you. And look, you could tell last week that Dr. Phillips had a lot of stuff on his mind. Okay. Cause obviously he's got what's going on at Northwestern and he's in the middle of that lawsuit and stuff like that. And he, he comes right out, right out and says, you know, I can't comment on any of that. I get that. And then he's got all this going on and he knows what Florida state's doing, what Clemson's doing, what North Carolina's doing. Uh, you know, he knows what's going on behind the scenes with these schools and what they're trying to do and maybe what they're going to do. And, uh, Alex, one way I could tell that was, you know, you've gone to the ACC Media Days. You understand how it works and how – how uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, how easy it is to talk to the commissioner. How Yeah, it's familial. Right they're yeah, very they're, accessible. They're very accessible. There's the word right there with us, you know, at dinner and stuff like that. So on Tuesday night at dinner, you know, they're having um, the commissioners there with us. Well, then after he gets done eating later that night, we see him in the lobby with his suitcase, checking out, heading out wherever he's heading out. You know, and, and I'm sure he's got things he has to do, work stuff, you know, whether it's what's ever going on at Northwestern. But I think a lot of it's what's going on trying to save this conference. And he probably is doing everything he can to save this conference. But I don't know what they can do, Alex. I really don't because we just mentioned if Clemson, Florida State go, and they're, everything we've heard and you've heard and everybody that knows that's out there is reported, Clemson, Florida State is going to be a package deal. So yeah. – when one goes somewhere, the other's coming with them. So you know you're going to lose two right there. Okay. And then, like I said, I think the domino effect starts. You know, what does North Carolina do? What does Miami do? What does Virginia do? You know, um, and let's not forget about this thing called the Big 12 out here who's already yeah. just eaten the – just basically has went all T-Rex on the Pac-12, Right. Yeah. Well, you know, they want to be a super conference too. Like everybody's like, oh, everybody's talking about, oh, it's going to be a power two. It's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC. The Big 12's like, not so fast, my friend. You yeah, know, the Big 12 is making moves. They're being aggressive. They're being very the reason, aggressive. The reason the ACC cannot be aggressive, A, who are you going to add? But B is a grant of rights because you open that grant of rights for renegotiation to get a new deal and add new teams, and Clemson and Florida State are gone. 
Gone. And North Carolina's gone, and Miami's probably gone. Everybody's uh, gone. Everybody's gone. And, and and the thing is, who's going to join the ACC to save it? There's only one team that could truly save it, and that's Notre Dame. Because nobody's going to get excited if West Virginia comes into the ESPN's going to be like, hey, West Virginia's joined your conference. Good job. <laughs> We're going to keep the same contract up. You know, yep. uh, you know, nobody out there is going to move the needle, if you will, you know, other than Notre Dame. And yeah. Notre Dame ain't coming to the ACC. Jim Phillips and said that last week. It ain't happening. It ain't going to happen. And, and we talked about this this week as well. Jim Phillips was brought in as the commissioner of, AC, of the ACC for one reason. It was to get Notre Dame to join the conference. As a full-time and member. Yep. As a full-time member, joining in football. And he hasn't been able to do it. And that's going to be the – it's not going to be what sinks the ACC because I think what's going to sink the ACC is going to be the grant of rights. It's going to be the deal that, that John Swafford made. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's going to be the final nail in the coffin is that yeah. they weren't able to get Notre Dame to join as a football member. And here's the thing. Remember the Magnificent Seven? Remember these <laughs> – the Magnificent Seven just didn't happen. It, 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 there's a reason why people reported it. People wanted it out there. Here's why. Here's my theory, okay? So if Clemson and – you know, people said, we'll – the grant of rights, what are they going to do? My gosh, the grant of rights is going to sink them. They can't let the ACC have their grant of rights till 2036. And I'm like, don't you think Clemson knows that? Don't you think Florida State understands that? Do you think they're going to come out there and leave without having a solution to that? Or at least an idea of where they're going to go when they cross that bridge? Yeah. Yes, they are. And here's the thing, Alex. Here's what I think. This is just my opinion. My two cents, my coming off my dumb head. Okay. <laughs> I think what they're going to do is when I think the domino effects will take a place, Clemson, Florida State, and then boom, the dominoes are going to start falling. And I think then North Carolina takes off. You know, I think Miami takes off. You don't think Dan Radakovich and Graham Neth ain't talking? <laughs> I mean, I would on. imagine that they probably communicate. You know, I'm sure they that- do. You know, one of them was the other's boss for, you know, years. <laughs> right. So th- there's your four big brands, right? We just named the four big brands. Okay, so they're gone, right, in this scenario. Now you got Virginia. Well, you know, if North Carolina's going, Virginia's going to want to go because there's a, there is a academic connection to things like that. Plus, here's the thing I'm going to lay out this scenario. Okay, mm-hmm. so I don't know where North Carolina goes or where Miami goes. SEC, Big Ten, I don't know. Same with Clemson, Florida State. But here's where I think teams like Virginia and Duke and Syracuse and Pittsburgh and um, you see where I'm going here. Oh, I I know where you're going. Okay, so I just named five teams right there, right? Those five teams, and there's there's one more. I can't remember who it is. What's another? The Big 12 has come out, and they've made a point that when building this super conference that they're building, and right now if everything goes to plan, they sh- they might have 18 teams by the end of by next by the end of tomorrow night in their conference yeah. for next year. Yeah, they're they're really playing the fact that they want to be, um, they want to also have the basketball power. So yeah. if you got Kansas already on, you've already locked in Kansas, and if you yeah. can tie in Duke. Syracuse, there's word that they could bring Connecticut over from the Big East. NC State, a traditional. NC State, 
traditionally good at basketball. Well, if, if those five, six teams leave in the ACC along with Clemson, North Carolina, Florida State, and Miami, well, Alex, that's ten teams. Guess what? There is no grant of rights because there ain't nobody yeah. in the conference. The conference exactly. is gone. There's yep. no grant of rights. Grant of rights doesn't matter. I mean, they could probably – ESPN could come in and say, well, you know, this, whatever, y'all agree to – but the conference, I think the conference is dissolved at that point. It's not It's not going to exist. So the grant of rights are going to be done. So Clemson and Florida State, they got to worry about the grant of rights. That's what people don't get. It's like – No, that's that's the part of the equation that people don't understand. And I, I saw a super long thread from a reporter about the grant of rights today. Yeah. And this part of it wasn't included. Is that if all these schools decide to leave and there's no longer an ACC – there's no longer a, con- a contract with the ACC. Correct. What TV deal? What grant of rights? What payout? ESPN's going to cancel the contract Correct. if all the schools leave and there's nobody to pay. That there's no return on investment. There's no th- that and that's it. That's so. That's my theory of what some of the thinking might be. It's a theory. Like I said, I haven't talked to anybody or asked anybody that. I'm just looking at it like common sense wise. If if all these schools leave. There is no, there is no ACC, so it doesn't matter about the grant of rights. And does ESPN want that to happen? Maybe, maybe, because if you don't remember, ESPN's in pretty tough financial situation right now. Well, that's one thing about this conversation. That's also I, some people have touched on it. Uh, I saw I think uh, Brett McMurphy was uh, tweeting about it today. Uh, Brett McMurphy. Uh, about the how ESPN and Disney are in a interesting situation right now. I mean, there's a, people are talking about Apple potentially buying out Disney, mm-hmm. uh, so that might be a lifeline for ESPN. But I mean, it's really shaky ground for them right now, and that also makes this conversation interesting in terms of Clemson and Florida State. Where do you want to go? I mean, that these conferences extended invitations. They're not going to extend an invitation unless they can make more money too. Right. Uh, well, so if that's you're the SEC. Clemson... Go ahead. If you're the SEC, are you going to be able to get enough money for this TV deal added in to add a couple more big schools right now, or is Fox going to be willing to pay it with the Big Ten? You know, that's that's the question. That's the question, and that's why Clemson and Florida State haven't been invited anywhere because that is the question. ESPN. First of all, there, there's two folds to this. Like one, they're looking at like, well, we could go ahead and dissolve the ACC, and then like there is no, we save money there, saves us millions and millions of dollars because we get rid of the network, we get rid of the conference, we don't got to worry about paying that bill, everything's done, right? That's forty plus million. What was it last year? Like, what was the ACC's? Um, it was like what uh, six hundred billion, a million dollars, six hundred million dollars or something like that. Well, that's six hundred. I think 400 of it was the AC was the network and stuff. That's 400 million dollars ESPN don't have to pay. That's a lot of money. 17 million uh, was the ACC. 617 uh, revenue million. Okay. Last so year. yeah, so about 400 of it or so was about from the television revenue. Okay, so boom, you're saving almost 400 million dollars right off the bat if you get rid of the AC. Another thing to look at is though, do they want to kill their investment? That's the other side to look at it. So, and what yep. I mean by that is the the ESPN played a big role, and you know how you see 
Clemson play Boston College at Boston College on ESPN Plus. You know how you see that, Alex, in baseball? Well, because ESPN went to Boston College and they gave Boston College all this equipment. Yep. All this television producing equipment and cameras and stuff like that so they can do that. Um, Clemson bought a lot of theirs, so there's not as much. Clemson's kind of its own. Um, but that's that's sort of the things they've done as an investment, right? So they're trying right. to get a return on investment. And if you get rid of the ACC, then that's a dilemma. So there could be some of this also on the other side of it where, like, well, the SEC maybe would like to put Clemson and Florida State in, but ESPN could be on the other side saying, ah, if you do that, it's going to kill our it's going to kill our deal with ACC. So there's there's that kind of tug of war going on, if you will. And then over on the other side, you got the the the, the Big Ten, and the Big Ten's dilemma is not that the Big Ten dilemma is like, okay, how they're asking, what does Clemson and Florida State bring to the table for us, right? And I think that's where it is more with them. And I think from a TV revenue standpoint and recruiting, and it's going to help all sports. I think it. it, it I think bringing Clemson and them do it. The SEC got does a place not where you want. Can, you have a place where you can play baseball and softball in February. The, yeah, the <laughs> SEC does not want Ohio State. I mean, excuse me, does not want the Big Ten to get its footprint in the Southeast. They don't. And so that's why they're waking up right here. And they're like, hold on, Clemson and Florida State, what? Um, okay, maybe we need to listen. You know, and they're yeah. picking up their pins and they're doing whatever they need to do. And and the reason that's a big deal is because basically outside of Ohio State and Michigan, nobody in the Big Ten can really come down south and steal players. Not yeah. top-of-the-line players. Those yeah. are the only two schools that really do it on a consistent basis right um and so if the big 10 gets in here not only is ohio state in michigan now going to get even more of a foothold where they can come in and say hey look we're going to play at clemson and we're going to play at florida state or you know you you know you can your mama can come see you bring your whole family that's going to be a recruiting tool yeah it's a huge recruiting and and all the other schools are going to use that same recruiting tool to get other players so I'm not saying they're going to raid it. The conference is going to raid because they're not, because the SEC is still going to be the stronghold here. But they haven't been able to get in here at all to pass. Now they're going to have a way to get in. And then you still got to deal with Clemson and Florida State. Yeah. It, it, on the recruiting trail. And that not, and I'm not just talking football. I'm talking also other sports. As you mentioned, yeah. baseball is one. Uh, basketball, you know. Yeah. This is something the Big Ten's never had that air. And then now let's talk about it on a money standpoint. All right, so Clemson last year ranked tenth nationally in views in college football and viewers watching the games. Two point yeah, five. Spartanburg, the Greenville Spartanburg market is second only per capita. Second only or third, in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Second or what third on, on, a, on a college football Saturday. Let's put it in perspective of what they're looking yeah. at. So Clemson last year though averaged two point five million viewers, which ranked tenth of the country. Okay. Florida State was just below that and ranked 15th in the country. Okay, so you got two top 15 teams to go with Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State that are also on that list. Now you're like, you see what I'm saying? Because yeah. Minnesota and Rutgers and Northwestern, nobody's watching those guys. I think they average like 200,000 per game, people watching them, which pretty much means their alumni was watching their games. Right. Okay, I mean, let's just call it like it is. 
And I know some yeah. people out there, well, Will, people only, Clemson's only that high because they were, because they played like Notre Dame. No, that's wrong. Clemson's game against NC State had a rating of 4.8 million people, which was one of the top five most watched games in college football last year. And the Notre Dame, by the way, was like 3.7 million. So yes. Clemson, Notre Dame did not do nearly as well as that one. By the way, Clemson, Georgia Tech, 4.3. Wow. And that, that that was Clemson playing a horrible. Well, it helps when you're when you're the only game in town. That helps on that. But it also helps because why did people watch it? Why is Clemson on a Monday night? Why does ACC want Clemson on a Monday night? Because people will turn on their TV. People will turn on their TV to watch Clemson because Clemson's a name brand. They're a powerhouse. This is what the this is what college football sees. Like by the way, for and and then on the SEC, let's flip it in the SEC because I'm sure you've heard this, Alex, because you're from the state of South Carolina, like I am. I'm sure you heard the South Carolina fans say, SEC don't want Clemson. They already got South Carolina in there. That's all they need. That's the same. That's the same. Um, same market. Same market. It ain't about the market. It's about people who are actually watching the games. It's about eyeballs. I, and guess it's what, not South about Carolina? Market. You only it's averaged 900,000 last year. You didn't even make a million. You had 900,000 people watch you per game. All right, so – your most watched game, I think, was the Clemson game, actually, um, because you were about to pull off the upset. So everybody turned, tuned in to watch, and you did. Give them credit. They pulled off the upset. But your biggest – South Carolina only averaged 900. So the SEC is looking at Clemson. They're like, well, man, you know what? That's 1.5 million more than people are watching than South Carolina. So yeah. now we can get South Carolina's million, and we can get Clemson's 2.5 million. Now we you got have the entire state of South Carolina watching the SEC football. You know? Watching <laughs> SEC football. So that's that's why. And the Florida's the same way. Florida State, they're like, you know, heck, we get Florida State. We're taking up the whole panhandle watching SEC football. Yeah, and then if you can you can add the the cherry on the cake in South Florida, you get a nice other little boost too with another national. Yeah, then, then then you then not you get that. So you got the entire state of Florida because you got who in the middle of the state? You got Florida and Gainesville. Yeah. So. You yeah. got that whole area already. You own it, right? And you got the Jacksonville area you own. Now you get Tallahassee and you get Miami. You got the Panhandle. You got the bottom of the state and the Keys, and you got the middle of the state. Yeah, the SEC would love to have that. Are you crazy? If they can pull yeah. it off, if it these are things they're all thinking about and talking about behind the scenes. And well, that's the other thing too. And you kind of touched on it. I think one thing that maybe people don't understand is. The people who are making these decisions, they're not all football people. No. And there are a lot of people who are wearing a suit and going to work and looking at numbers that could care less about what happens with a ball on a field that are helping make these decisions too and carry a lot of weight in those boardrooms. Mm-hmm. So that's another part of this conversation that I think is being overlooked uh, is that you know a lot of this is strictly a numbers uh, and revenue conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the brand, yeah, that works great. I think what you said is – is accurate that the Big Ten uh, would be more interested in Clemson and Florida State from a, a sports perspective, from a brand perspective, and from a recruiting perspective mm-hmm. and what's best for the schools. Uh, but for the SEC, I think it's – I mean, it really comes down to a, a dollars and cents and That's how many eyeballs are going to be on the TV. There, there's no other reason. There's no other reason. I had somebody ask me today – I think it was Teddy Hefner. I was on his show in Columbia. And uh, Teddy asked me, he says – well, Will, what about South Carolina and Georgia and Florida? I would imagine they those three teams don't want Clemson and Florida State in. 
And I said, Teddy, you're right. They probably don't. But it doesn't matter because remember who didn't want Texas in? That'd be Texas A&M. What happened? Yeah. Texas A&M got, got in. in. I mean, Texas <laughs> got in, right? So I think the I think the majority of the SEC would vote Clemson in, would vote Florida State in because it's better for the league overall if it comes down to it. Uh, they're not going to do it just because Georgia's going to have a tougher job now recruiting against Clemson. Because yeah. let's be honest, the thing that's and I t- I said this and I and I probably made some Gamecock fans mad, but Clemson and South Carolina very rarely go up against each other in recruiting. It's yeah. not that common. Yeah, I mean it Clemson. Happens. Clemson, it happens maybe once a cycle on a player. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm talking about the top players, of course. They don't go up yep. against each other for top players. They don't. It very rarely happens. It happened twice this year. Kudos to South Carolina. They won both. Um, but, you know, normally it doesn't happen. Clemson, Georgia, almost every recruiting battle is Clemson, Georgia. It's always, yep. if you look, it's Clemson, Georgia, High State, Alabama. Clemson, yep. Georgia, it's the same teams. Clemson goes up against Georgia almost constantly all the time. And so, yes, Georgia uses we play in the SEC to gain that advantage. And when they can, South Carolina uses it when they can. Right. And, um, and and kudos to them. You should. But if Clemson gets that, now Clemson's at the SEC, Georgia can't use that anymore. Neither can South Carolina. Now you got to go beat Clemson. You got to go beat Dabo Sweeney because you just got to be a better recruiter than Dabo Sweeney. And it's hard to be a better recruiter than Dabo Sweeney. Anybody will tell you that. Yeah, there's nobody better with Mama in the living room uh, selling recruits. I'll take Dabo Sweeney. Sweeney over Kirby Smart in the living room every day of the week. Yep. I'll say if I put my money there, this is going to be what's going to end, going to get the guy to go. Then, yeah, I'm putting my money on Dabo Sweeney, not Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart, I think, is good with the coaches, and he's good with yeah. the – great relationships too. with the high schools in Georgia. Yeah, and Dabo is too. Don't get Dabo wrong. does too, yeah. But but Kirby, he doesn't have the same appeal that Dabo has. If you talk to the two guys, it's 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 not even close. And uh, now Beamer, Beamer's got that appeal that Dabo has. Yeah, and I Beamer definitely has the the charismatic the charismatic uh, X factor in recruiting. I, I mean, you I saw that in this cycle, beating beating Clemson out on two players. Yeah, and they just uh, landed the top uh, the five star defensive end uh, yesterday. You know, so kudos to them. Beamer's doing his job down there. Now the question is, how long does Beamer stay in Columbia? I'm I really believe this. If Virginia Tech, and I know here we're going off. Well, the if if Virginia Tech is playing in the who cares five conference in two years, then maybe he doesn't, you know, that's, the other I, thing. I don't know if he does dude, but I'm just going to go just for what we know right now, living in the present. If Virginia tech has a bad year this year and there's a good chance they could, well, um, I know who their first call would be. I mean, they'd be, I think they're calling them and, not to be their first call. And listen, if South Carolina fans, if you don't think Virginia tech's not a better job than South Carolina right now, it is. Virginia Tech is a better job in South Carolina right now. The facilities are are state of the art. They got they they got a winning tradition where they they played and won at the highest level and have done it before, so they know they can do it. South Carolina's never done that. And yep. then plus he's a Virginia Tech grad, and his dad coached there. Yep, you're crazy if you don't think he's not going to consider it. Yes, he's going to. He consider grew it. up there. He yeah. grew up there. You know? he grew up there. That's, that's his home. Yeah, that's like me going back to Greenberg. Would that be a real? Would that be a real welcome home graphic? 
Fred, Fred, that would be a uh, real one. Yes, that would be a real went one. Went to Virginia Tech. That would really be welcome home. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, the only thing, like you mentioned, the only thing that could keep him from going to Virginia Tech is what you just mentioned. Yeah, Where are if, they in comp alignment? And that's going to be a, an interesting question for, I mean, there are schools that are have winning traditions or that have, you know, just strong athletic traditions, period, mm-hmm. in the ACC that are on the fringe, like a Virginia Tech. Uh, NC State. I mean, they've got championship tradition in basketball. They have a passionate fan base. We talk about it all the time. I was talking with an NC State fan a few weeks ago about how you know Carter. I would put Carter Finley on a Saturday on a Saturday night in the fall up against a ton of environments in the country. Absolutely, uh, and that's a fan base that really cares. They've got a great alumni base, uh, but there are going to be schools like that that are on the fringe of this conversation that are really going to have to make some decisions. I, I really believe it looks like. Yeah, I really believe like Virginia Tech and North Carolina State, I think those guys go to the Big 12. I right. really that believe that seems like a fit with the moves that the Big 12's been making. Yeah, I think I mean, it's 12, like Colorado. I mean, it's like a big, Colorado. Yeah, the Big 12 has a – what's going to happen with the Big 12 is they're going to have to decide who they don't want. Yeah. Right, because I, I mean they're just going out and signing anybody who'll put their name on a piece of paper, right? Right, because I think and right now they're probably them. thinking, man, if we just would have waited another year, maybe we don't even care about getting Central Florida and those guys. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm being serious because yeah, you're about to have a Virginia Tech maybe come open in a in an NC State, and you got you know if you want to really truly do the basketball thing, you could have a Duke or Virginia join your conference, you know. And then you got some of the best basketball programs in your conference, along with some pretty darn good football programs, right? So you know they're they're, they're going to have to make some choices because I don't think anybody wants to be bigger than twenty four, and I think the Big Twelve has the best opportunity to get to twenty four before anybody yeah. because their they model a, they, fits these other rules that you just mentioned, and their revenues the their revenue. When you add a bunch of schools that are, you know, medium size, you give them like a good rating. If you were going, you know, bad to great, you give them a good rating. It, and if you sign 20 of those schools or 24 of those schools, you can get a, a dang good TV contract. Yeah, now and you can. And so the, here's the thing, though, and here's the thing nobody talks about. Because we talk about Clemson and we talk about Florida State and Miami and North Carolina. And we talk about an NC State and a Virginia and a Virginia Tech teams that have had success at other sports or at football and are appealing, right? But what but about then Georgia there's the Tech? schools that aren't appealing? <laughs> what about Georgia Tech? What about Boston Georgia College? Georgia Tech, Boston College, Wake Forest. What do they do? Because they bring nothing to the table, which is why Clemson and Florida State are upset. Not at Wake Forest necessarily, because Wake Forest has at least handled its own has built a pretty right. good little football program. They've, They've taken the money the ACC's given them through the TV deals and all. They've invested in football and have made that improvement. So I'm not going to say Wake Forest is included, but Georgia Tech and Boston College and Syracuse. Now, Syracuse is going to get out because of their football, basketball prowess. But those schools haven't done anything to improve their situation. You see Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's improved themselves. They've become a football power. I won't say power, but they've become a really good football program, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, kind of going back to their roots a little bit and why bat football's important to them. Um, and Pittsburgh, you're talking about a team that would love to go to the Big Ten. Oh, my gosh. Pittsburgh would 
thrive in the Big Ten. Yeah, um, I, I, mean, I really you'd have these that. traditional games, a lot of yeah. these traditional games that Pitt always played when they were at their prime. But, but Pitt's not going to go to the Big Ten because Pat Narduzzi has just pooped on the Big Ten so much. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Narduzzi might not have a choice now when it comes down uh, to but, it. Uh, but but <laughs> so, but you know, you look at those schools though, and you feel sorry for Wake Forest because Wake Forest has made the investment, but Wake Forest only has five thousand undergrads they got the smallest alumni base in the country so they're not going to bring anything to the table like the question always is how hard is it to find a Wake Forest fan outside of uh Winston-Salem it's hard to find a Wake Forest fan in Winston-Salem unless you're on campus yeah that's what I'm saying that's because you're in campus so technically that they're there but outside of campus you're right how hard is it to find I was in Raleigh Durham area for a whole week in May for the AC baseball tournament. I was there a whole week. I didn't see not one, not one outside of the baseball stadium. So I'm like, when we go to eat and stuff like that, go to the store, whatever. I did not see not one Wake Forest fan the entire trip. <laughs> I think I, every Wake Forest alum in the country was in Omaha, though. I mean, when you watch the broadcast, I was like, uh, yeah, hey, all I've 5, never seen this many them. Wake Forest fans in one place. All 5,000 <laughs> of them were there. I mean – my point being is, it's like there's not many. It's hard to find a Wake Forest fan. It really is. Like, I found, um, I saw Duke fans. I saw NC State fans. I saw a ton of North Carolina fans, of course. I didn't see a Wake Forest fan the entire time. You know, me and uh, Jason Priester, he's with me. We're out there. We talked about it. I even brought it up to him at dinner. I was like, you notice we haven't seen a Wake Forest fan this whole time? <laughs> and he's like, you know, now that you think about it, you're right. We even saw Virginia fans. You know, we, 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 it, it was it was crazy. So I feel sorry for Wake Forest because they have put a lot of investment in their athletic department to be good in sports. Like you just mentioned, baseball going to the College World Series, uh, basket uh, basketball is on the way up. They're playing much better, and they they built new facilities for basketball. I mean, and football in their locker rooms, and, and their- that new facility for baseball. I mean, yeah. all three of their major sports got brand new facilities. Wake in the Forest last two is, years. Yes, Wake Forest has done what you're supposed to. Boston College, they did build a basketball. They did build a new baseball facility, and it's pretty nice. Um, but their basketball is crap. I mean, it's crap. If anybody's ever been there, and I have on the I back side this. of the press box. Yeah, and then their football is crap. Yeah. They haven't done anything. Georgia Tech. Oh my gosh, it's all crap. I mean, yeah. you know, they're, they're now their arena that Dan Radakovich did 10, 12 years ago before he left is nice. You know. That's the only thing nice they got. They got a pretty good football uh, indoor practice facility, but that's it. Their overall football facility is not that great. The only problem with that indoor practice facility for football at Georgia Tech is it's way too close to that left field fence. Yeah, and I've seen way too many baseballs hit that hit thing that I didn't want to hit that thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I agree, I agree with you on that. So there, that's that's kind of where we're at. And so I know before we get out of here, that was – that's the thing I think a lot of people forget is like, what are those schools like Wake Forest, Connecticut, those kind of schools are going to do, you know, do they just become, and, and how does a Rutgers win in all this? Of all the schools that wins, it's like a yeah. Rutgers. And Vandy. And Rutgers, Vandy. Vandy. I mean, these, Northwestern. Yeah. It's just right place, right time. 
Because they're not going to kick you out. <laughs> you're already there. They're not going to kick you out. Yeah, you're grandfathered in. I mean, I think the Big Ten should kick them out. I mean, to be honest with you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they wouldn't lose any money in the TV deal if they got rid of uh, Northwestern and Rutgers. Yeah, 200,000 <laughs> people watch you. I mean, okay, thank you. Thanks for playing. Minnesota? <laughs> I mean, man, thanks for playing, Minnesota. 200,000 people. You got a pretty good football team up there, Minnesota. You don't care? Obviously, yeah. they don't. They care about the Vikings. They care about. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, we could talk about this for three hours if we wanted to. I think we, when we talked before the show, we didn't want to talk about it too long. You know, we could only talk about it so long. But, you know, we talked about it for about 30 it for minutes. 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to anybody that uh, stuck around and, and hung in for that conversation. We're glad that you're uh, with us on Off the Cuff. Uh, we're going to be back next week. Uh, this is a, an every week deal. You know, we didn't even mention that Will you know, has a new job this week. We yeah, didn't even I do. I'm mention that Clemson, on the show. I'm over at the Clemson Insider now, so check, check me I'm out. Homecoming there. at TCI for Will. Uh, yeah. So I think somebody on the message board this week said that the, the prodigal son had returned. <laughs> uh, so Will's back in the family. And, and by there. the way, congratulations to Alex, who got a promotion at the newspaper he's at there. Um, so uh, congratulations, buddy, and uh, proud of you. And you know, I know bigger things are still to come for you, man. Yeah, so it's good to be on here. I got I to gotta head out over to a little American Legion baseball here. I uh, got the Central Plains Regional being hosted here in Rapid City. So I got to head out too. I got to write a preview story for fall camp. So, well, give us a give us a like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, like the video, give us some comments. Uh, trying to gain some some traction here, so it's been fun hanging out with you guys. We had a lot of people tune in, uh, especially on Twitter last week or on X last week. So we appreciate it. Uh, but for for like Will Vandervoort, <laughs> for Will Vandervoort. Uh, I'm Alex Dodd. Thanks for tuning in to Off the Cuff.